Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 324. I'm getting white girl wasted. I'm getting white girl wasted as well, but that's because I'm a white girl. Yeah. And I'm getting wasted. And I'm getting wasted because you're a white girl. <laughs> <laughs> Booze in the Book will explain more later. Uh, but with that, uh, we reviewed uh, some wedding themes today. Yeah, yeah. X-Men Gold, number 30. Yeah. Batman, number 49. Yeah. Also talked a little bit of flavor and some Fraggle Rock. Then there's some big news. Yes, with the uh, Fox and Disney will they, won't they going on. It's like the wedding that is supposed to happen, but we don't know if it will or not. Many people want it to. Yeah. Very few people are speaking out against it, but when you have this big of a... It's huge. You have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, grab something that we are not drinking and enjoy <laughs> Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 324. It's an AA weekend. Alcohol and anniversaries. Celebrating just you. It is drunk on comics birthday. We're celebrating us. <laughs> Although it, it Happy sixth birthday, drunk on comics. Yay! It's about as much celebratory things that we're gonna be doing today. Yeah, the beer. Yes. However, you well having plenty of beers. <laughs> well, I don't even think we can qualify what you're having as beers. No. It's like alcoholic juice. But juice it is, and I love juice, so <laughs> there we go. Always something, always something a diabetic should be drinking. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Juice. <laughs> um, but these are all leftovers from your actual birthday. Yes, so my 37th. I like how you coincided to be born years <laughs> pre- prior to when me and Derek started. I like how you guys decided to record the first Drunk on Comics episode on my birthday. I mean, how thoughtful of you. Before we even knew you'd be our biggest fan <laughs> and then a co-host. It was faded. It was. Did you have a good birthday? I did. I did. It was super lame 37-year-old birthday, but I loved it. Yes. Once you get up there in age, they become less. Until you hit, like, the the milestone of 40. Yeah. And then that's really just old. To me, my 37th birthday was way more important than my 40th because it's it's my Kevin Smith birthday. It's my clerk's birthday. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's my 37th in a row birthday. <laughs> I forgot you were touting that all, yes. all about. You missed it because you came after the party was over because you had other better things to do, I guess, uh, like celebrate people's marriages. And uh, <laughs> uh, But we had a banner in front of the house that said, uh, we assure you, or I assure you, we are open, like from the movie. It was pretty cool. I did see a picture of it at least. Yeah. So yes, so it was good. It was good though, and we had a. Um, to be clear, I love my friends. They brought us over a bunch of alcohol, some of it being a shit ton of wine coolers, but I don't drink those. <laughs> so we brought them to Tony because he'll drink anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Although I am feeling already full of booze uh, because I was attending a wedding. And that's also kind of a theme for today, I feel like. Yeah. We have weddings galore in comic books. Plus, this is Derek and Mel's first anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, yeah. God, this weekend just keeps giving and giving. It's the one-year anniversary of WedCon. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun fun weekend. It was. Oh, so let's uh, get into some books right away and stop talking about our feeble attempts of uh, living life to the edge. I, my attempt's not feeble, but... My, mine is just attempting to kill my liver and then <laughs> with it, so it's not really up to living. In my mind, I just like to think that either A, you're trying to preserve yourself somehow by drinking copious amounts of alcohol, which is not a thing you should do, because it's not true. I don't know who told you that. <laughs> Or B, you're just trying to kill it because you want a new one. You just want to start replace, over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, whenever I think side story of of death and preserving your body, there literally is real people that they don't decompose like normal people would. Mm-hmm. And I know this from an X Files that I saw a long time ago, and I thought that can't be true. But then I looked it up and. It's like one in like a million people, but their bodies will just not, a normal person start, you know, decaying within, you know, hours where theirs can go like weeks without. Wow. Do you think bi- it's because they have higher salt content in their bodies? It didn't say the reasons mm. why that I could remember, but I feel that drinking the alcohol Helps. in my veins will yeah. kind there of somehow. Pickles you instead of. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Oh, um, so Batman number 49, it's one issue away from the big wedding. Yes. And, and, oh, Batman is just so good. I love everything that Tom King's doing. Everything about even this wedding has been crazy and amazing and just awesome. And the whole road to it. I kept thinking there's going to be some snags. There's going to be some major things happening. And there were. I mean, that's part of comic books is putting drama and everything and obstacles in people's way. But they were resolved. It was clear that these two are wanting to get married. However, someone wasn't invited. Mm. And that was the Joker. And this Joker is probably one of my favorite Jokers in a while. I loved... And because I can't even say if it's the same Joker with resets and rebirths or if it's the same Joker because there's three Jokers out there. But the last time I really loved Joker was when he cut off his face Mm. and that whole thing. And then he stapled it back on. That was creepy fucking. And that was even more creepy factor, but still kind of. Insane. Yes. And this one. You see some of the extras uh, in the preludes to the wedding of him just looking for his invitation. Like, he's dead set thinking that he should be invited, killing postmen to find, like, the letter or, Mm -hmm. you know, to him. Not realizing, though, well, they're superheroes. They're not going to be sending real invites to people's houses. Right. Because, as everyone needs to know, this isn't Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle getting married. This is Batman and Catwoman. So that was a question I had about the whole thing. Yeah, in their personal lives, they are going to be separate. Obviously, people can probably see them hanging out, but Bruce can be. But even now in the comics, Bruce is very. 
he's not around a lot. He's yeah. always Batman. His day dealings, he has other people do stuff with that. He's like a recluse that mm. lives in his mansion. Maybe that might change. Maybe we might finally see a status quo change where we see him maybe thinking about retiring. Although I would not like that. I'm loving that he's finally found someone to spend time with. Yeah. And the Joker can't have that. Joker just thinks that that is not something that he needs to have him. And Selena's the bad person. And the reason why she's bad is, you know, she she was she was never fun. Because she, she never laughed. And then he just goes on and tries to start shooting her. Now, granted, the last issue showed Batman fighting the Joker in a chapel. And Batman getting knocked out and shot at um, with some gas. So he's out of commission. And Catwoman has now come in to try to save the day. And it starts off with a bang. Literally a bunch of bangs from the gun. Bang, 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 bang. And... He ends up getting a shot off and shooting her in her stomach. She, however, is able to take her whip and pretty much slash his throat. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Very good scenes. Mm-hmm. Everything is amazingly well done. I like when they do panels inside panels. It's not just even a panel. Zoom, it's just, yeah, it's yeah, like a focus. Highlight. Yeah. And then you get the rest of this entire book where they are within a few feet of each other. Talking about their past. This panel layout of the very even amounts of panels per page, for whether it's six or nine, is very much a trend these days. Yeah. Well, a lot of the reason why I feel these panels worked was they were showing both of them kind of, they're vulnerable. They're both, like, hurt, so they're they're holding their wounds, Mm -hmm. and... You show you go to one, you go to the other. Granted, they're talking to you, so it makes sense that you can see their word balloons. Right. But it's really shows. I know duality. I have used that word a lot, but the duality of the situation, uh, the symbolism of they're both going through the same thing, and it really got into less about the wedding and more about their past and him. You know, still explaining. You know, he doesn't see this being the Batman to marry Catwoman. Mm. And also them talking about other bad guys, like why did the Penguin always wear or have a umbrella? Mm. And Joker's like, well, of course, he's in a tuxedo because Penguins, and they always have umbrellas. And she's like, that's a, a cane. Most people have canes when they're like that. And then he goes, oh, and then talking about the Riddler and his sideburns. And she goes, yeah, who can take him seriously? While they're bleeding out, that's what they're joking about. And it also has the Joker go go on about, I I need to reach into my pocket. The clip's gone, gone. I need to reach into my pocket to reload this gun. However, if I move my hand to do that, uh, I'm going to bleed out. Can you please be a deer and reach in and load the gun? And... Pretty much her killing herself because either one of them kind of move mm-hmm. to do that, then they're gonna die. And she kind of eventually talks them into it, like you're only gonna have one one chance, you know? Why not take it? So he does, but she she also explained to him why she has never really laughed, and it's because you know she would only laugh if if she ever really won, and she doesn't feel like she's ever really won at anything before. And it was kind of like okay, so. 
maybe she's going to laugh in this and we'll see what happens. And she even tells a joke, which a lot of the times the jokes in comic books, you've you heard them once. Yeah. You're, they're very PC kind of in nature. They're dad jokes. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, so she does, she kind of starts telling a joke and seeing if, if, you know, he wants to ever really uh, hear it. And there's so much within this that I just thought was great for for them. Like, when she was telling the joke, he's trying to, like, help her more with telling the joke. Like, she's like, you know, and so he tells his younger brother, how old is the, the kid? Okay, so Chuck tells his two-year-old brother. Chris, yes, yes, his name is Chris, yes, you know, and the... I was like, damn, Joker, like, let her tell her joke. But he's, like, criticizing her within the whole thing. It's good. And at the very end, because I don't want to give away everything that happens. But no. He, he eventually does, is able to reload his gun. Does he get it off? <laughs> Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> Let's just say <laughs> Selena starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this that... is so great. And we have the big issue next... Two weeks? Yes, two so weeks. The fifth, because... I can't remember what day it is now, but yeah. And... Wednesday, the week it comes out is 4th of July, and they don't release comics on holidays. Boo, holidays. I know. <laughs> so, on the 4th, there will be the... The big wedding. The big wedding is happening, and we're all invited. Did you get your invite? Yes. My comic book store gave me my invite. No, they physically gave it to you, or they emailed just you? No, they have the little cards at the store. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> got an email hearing yeah. about it. Uh, now, there's been nothing that has shown where this wedding is not going to happen, but it's always within comic books. Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? I cannot see this not happening, except for then we got to go back to the status quo. If they go back to the status quo, though, and a lot of people are speculating, too, because they now have a Catwoman book coming out, so she's at least not dying. Right. And that would be one thing that you could have seen happen, Joker showing up to the wedding. Right. I almost feel having him show up now makes the next one actually going to be kind of one of those fun... Right. Almost like the the... When... Batman went, they went on a date with Superman yeah, and Lois. Right, right. Like, yeah. It wasn't a. They're getting a, all the conflict out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a bad guy fighting one. It was more who they were and everything. And that's what I'm hoping. I want to have a happy yes. ending to this. Yes. Because there's nothing in the way that would show that this isn't going to happen. Right. X Men Gold number 30. <sighs> Let's just throw it out of the way. Spoil Heavy spoilers for this one, guys. Heavy. Heavy, heavy spoilers well, I mean, for this one. Talking a lot about books. I know. This one is full-on heavy spoilers, though. There's a lot of stuff that happens yeah. in so short of a time and so uh, what the fuck yeah. way. And, and we have to get some things off our chest. <laughs> so. Because I'm not happy I'm, with this. I'm I, a little upset as well. I will say, I'd say this straight up. I haven't been reading a lot of X-Men books in a while. From researching and everything, I do know that there has been conflicts or thoughts of, I mean, we really got to just say, Kitty and Peter don't get married. Right. And 
that's the whole thing. That's what everyone was posting. That's what everyone was talking about. Social media, marketing, everything for Marvel. It's finally happening. Yeah. These two that have been together for forever. Right. Well, off and on, which becomes the issue, right? The off but and onness. And they have, been, but they've been like, even the off and on dating other people, though, they have always been there. Right. Well, that's the thing that pisses me off. So it's not like they've been off and on because, like, oh, they love each other, but then they break up because of some reason, and then they get back together. They've literally been off and on because Peter died. Kitty was in a fucking bullet. Uh, <laughs> like, all this shit. That Someone is was off world. Beyond like... their control. When she was in a bullet, Peter fell in love with, I don't even know who the fuck she was, some space lady. I didn't read that run. But it sounds like he loved her a lot, and then she sacrificed herself for him. That's actually my favorite part of the whole book, is how they have that first page where it's a conversation they had after they got back together when Kitty got back, and he's like, I fell in love with somebody else, and I never thought I was going to be able to love anybody else but you, but she sacrificed herself for me. And in her mind, Kitty's like, so the fuck did I? Yeah, but even (laughs) then, I did not like that, because it kind of set me up to be like, oh, so there's some other thoughts and theories on some shit. It right away was telling me, this ain't going to be working out. Well, then they did the, the... next page which is a very much a similar conversation to the now yeah of them having yeah. that and them saying how much they love each other and everything and even though things happened right i know that within the prelude to the wedding book you know there were like i said there were there was a little bit of doubts here and there everybody gets that yes and not only that That's the circumstances normal. of who they are kind of really manifests more of their problems that they had, but because of who they are, they've overcome those problems. That's what's made everyone fans of this relationship. Yes, yes. They've had way more trouble than right. some other mutants or heroes that were like, love wins. Mm-hmm. However, it's a shot in the gut because you would think if she's been having these, they would have been more out on the page already. Right. People would have been really seeing how much she's struggling with this, but it's all of a it's sudden the day. Ileana's fault. Oh, very much so. That, I think she and she blames a, herself for it. Hope, and she, hope she casts a spell and you find out later on that she's just a bitch. Like, she <laughs> half time is. And you know, it's, I mean. Yeah, why the fuck did she say something? I, <laughs> why the fuck would you say I know. something? I just Your brother's like, getting married. I just think that it's I not. I just feel like it, if it was meant to happen, it would have happened already. Like, Bitch, did you not remember I was in a bullet <laughs> and he was dead at some point? Seriously? Because, like, it's funny because the lead up to that conversation when they're sitting on the roof and Kitty and Ileana are talking to each other, like, it's very clear. They know each other really well. They've known each other for so long. They are best friends to the point where Kitty knows that something's wrong with Ileana. And she's not saying something. So she makes her say it. And Kitty's like, oh, you know, that's... Yeah, but you know, I was hoping love. she was gonna say some sort of yeah. fucking prophecy or some but you magical know, thing. Because Ileana's her best friend, even though Kitty didn't react right away, you know that's what she thought about then for the next fucking twenty four hours. It's like, well, yeah, if it was meant to happen, why didn't it happen already? Are we meant to be together? Maybe we shouldn't. And then you know, escalated from there. Yeah, I <sighs> going back to Batman. There's so much buildup. 
that if you do these sort of things, people get very pissed. Mm-hmm. We are very pissed. Yes. Because they, like I said, what it should have been is more like out there before. So you go into this comic book knowing you don't think it's going to happen. Right. The surprise twist would be a little bit more because then that's what the book is about. It feels like it was shoehorned in. Yeah. And actually, to explain that, we finally see Gambit and Rogue. They get married, Ugh. which is a, a good thing. I loved thing. it. I loved I it. I like that. I liked it. But if for a person that just picked up only this book, yeah, who haven't read the Gambit and Rogue uh, main yeah. series they had to see them getting back together, because they've also been on again, off right. again, well, and he dead, talks about off that. world, this and that. They had, before, right before them getting engaged and married, they had two panels pretty much. Just talking about blah, 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 yeah. romance, and oh, you're only thinking about honeymoons and stuff. And yeah. You, you, you wouldn't know that this is something. But then I guess most people always thought they were, they should have done it. So it's not that out of the blue. However, it just feels a little forced right. that we need to give some sort of wedding. Yeah. Not to mention the fact there's the other one of Kurt is in love with Rachel and they're dating. Yeah, that's interesting haven't read or heard any yeah. of that and he's like i'm gonna propose too after this wedding like wow that that seems a little rushed it's, like he's just living in the moment and like everyone's get you get a ring you get a ring yeah. you get a ring <laughs> i i i love that gambit and rogue got married it's it, along with kitty and classes it's been one of those long-term romances right you have kitty and classes you have rogue and gambit you have scott and gene like, those are the three always on and off again, constant relationships. Uh-huh. But... Gene and Scott actually did get married, like, a long fucking time ago. That was kind of funny, uh, the young Gene... Tell- <laughs> or young Scott telling You know, we that got married. Gene. Yeah, here. Over here. Like, weird. I also really love the scene where it's old Gene, new Gene, young Gene, and Rachel. They're always together in a little group, and Gene's like... Aren't you a little young to be drinking, Gene? And Gene's like, shouldn't you be talking to Rachel about that and not me, Gene? And I'm like, oh my God, this would drive me crazy. (laughs) Um, But I do love the fact that, I mean, the thing I loved about the Rogue and Gambit thing is Gambit's always been passionate. He's a very passionate person, right? He he does things like this. This is what this is his mo, one hundred percent. And I love the fact that he was finally like, you know, you're right. I can't live without her. She's pretty great. And then they get married, and then they have this epic speech about how it's been up and down, and they always come back together. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the exact reason why Kitty decided not to get married, is because it's always been up and down. So wait, this is like two wait, wait, conflicting messages here. Not only conflicting messages, but we have to go back to the actual scene when it actually happened. Mm. They're about ready to get married. Uh, and it was, holy shit, probably the most simplistic way yeah. to say no. Powerful. Very powerful. Puts the ring on uh, Klaas's finger. Him putting the ring on hers and phases right yes. through. Wow. I, that's, yep. that's artwork right there. It's crazy, too, because you can tell up until that second. And she might not have even done it consciously, because I know after after that she sinks into the ground and she says she couldn't control her phasing, which I know when she gets super emotional she has a hard time doing. Um, but she says the words... 
right? And then sticks her hand out to get the ring, and then his hand goes right through it with the ring. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, just instantly, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> but that is... <laughs> no, that Kitty, even... no. No, you stay there and you get married. <laughs> Not only that, later on, though, when Colossus finds her, knows exactly where she'll be, uh, they have a quick chat. Mm-hmm. And, like, it seems like things are good. But I almost feel like Runaway Bride, You, how would you feel good if you would have been like, why have you not said this before? Right. And, and about these things. It's all your sister's fault. Yeah. <laughs> sister's, actually, <laughs> that would make some good drama if he does find out later on, which... Please go that route, because then that would have me redeem this a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, Ileana feels bad about it. Like, she even says later on when they're all at the reception. But when, well, when they both show back up to the reception, right when they see Remy propose, they're like, oh, yes, don't waste it, you know, get married and stuff. But now it leaves their relationship unresolved. Right. Well, you know, that's what you follow-up comics are for. However, <laughs> if they ever get back together, I'm going to be like, I don't believe this shit yeah. anymore because yeah. they shouldn't be together now because they got to the pinnacle of where they should be. Not happy. I know. You know the other thing that doesn't make me happy about this? The next comic book that's coming out of this is called Mr. and Mrs. X and I fucking hate that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're also... Neither one of their last names is X, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they're also playing on... Uh, Canceling X Men Gold and X Men Blue yeah. in September, so that's they do that with X Men books all the time. They're, well, I know. I, not, I mean, I'm not saying it's because of this, but they're gearing up for extinction. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one little spot that we liked collectively when they were leaving from the 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 thing getting in the the limo to go to the wedding and we have oh we, yeah we have our little onlooker yeah nobody knows where wolverine is except he knows where they are yeah and he knows what's going on because he was there i imagine if in the the hunt for wolverine books that are going on that <laughs> one of the scenes like i think he was right outside this limo place or something <laughs> he was right under our nose because yep. katie's in charge of one of the teams looking for him and yeah she is uh yes and I like that, because I like that they're not breaking what they have, I mean, overall story of until Wolverine is finally revealed of what he's been doing all this time. Right. He still showed up to kind of give his blessing. Yes. He was there. He's always been a father figure to Kitty. Um, and it instantly, as I was telling you this earlier, instant, instantly brings me back to Astonishing X-Men, the, the Jazz Whedon run, when they brought Colossus back and Kitty and Peter get it on and then they are sitting around the breakfast table in the morning and Wolverine comes in and he acknowledges the fact that they had sex by sniffing the air and telling them it was about time. Super creepy and gross. <laughs> Jaws Whedon style. <laughs> but that's... And it, so I thought it was cute that they he showed up because he is kind of like... I mean, they had all the females that were in her life there. I right. loved I loved when uh, I forget who remarked of it's a nice sunny day. Oh, and of course you know who they're <laughs> going to show next. It's that's just, not an but, accident, is it? Yeah, no, it is not. <laughs> I mean, really, that is a perfect I know. thing for her to do. She should just be. Hired oh, she for... could totally monetize the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 
there so yes, there were some good things yes. there. But the over selling us on this very disappointed. Yeah. Well Josh and I was sitting there reading it and Josh goes, Do you think that these wedding issues are marketed specifically for the female readers? And I said, No. The people who read these books get invested in these relationships. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't, not just the females, the males too. Everyone who has read the X-Men has, is invested in this relationship between these two people. And we're very excited that it was finally coming to its logical end. We thought, I guess not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Broke all of our hearts, Marvel. <sighs> Hopefully DC will make up for it. Mm. They better. <laughs> but they're going to have. <laughs> There's going to be riots. <laughs> Yep. Um, all right. One more. I have actually, damn it. Once again, I love reading comic books and I love reading variety and I love sharing that variety with people so that they will pick them up. I'm just going to briefly uh, talk about one flavor. Number two came out. This is the book uh, that I was talking about before where it's about a world where they, they live in this walled city called the Bowl. I mean, I love when you have themes in books and you kind of use those themes to name things. But it's a world where there are creatures outside this wall um, within the first issue. Like Attack on Titan. Kind of, yes. There's stuff out there that some people are throwing people over the wall to be devoured. and uh, It seems like food is a rarity. And the reason why it's called Flavor is this whole book is about the culinary arts of this world, the city, and how... These people are like the most popular. They are like celebrities. Those who can cook a, a mean dish. And you're following uh, this main uh, character. Uh, I think you pronounce it Zoo. X-O-O. Um, and her um, wanting to be a culinarian, a chef pretty much. <laughs> a culinarian. Yeah. That's what I'm going to start calling everybody who is in the food industry. <laughs> <laughs> In the first issue, she wanted to get these special truffles. Hmm. And for whatever souffle, something that she wanted to make. And she hasn't been able to find it. She has a dog, too, that is almost like Scooby-Doo-ish, where it, it under, like she can understand it when it's doing rough, rough, rough. You know, like, yeah. that's his word bubbles. She's like, no, that's not it. Or, yeah, so she talks to the dog, and you kind of get a sense of what the dog said. Is it truffles or shrooms that she's looking for? <laughs> True. Wondering what is... Those aren't magical beasts outside this wall. Everyone's just fucking high as yeah. fuck. <laughs> but I, I, I do love the dynamic with the dog, too, who is uh, kind of comedic relief, but... You know, can use binoculars. Mm. It's, it's a character of itself yeah. as well. Um, but they sneak into a black market and to find these truffles, and it seems like a fight's going to go down. Uh, there's some other reveals with some characters, and this is only issue two. And already I'm like, God, I actually care more about some of these characters in two issues than I have about some other comic books that I've read in a while. Which is great in the way that they have pulled me in. And what I love the most is at the back of this issue, it goes into what is uh, flavor. And, uh, you know, there's a difference between taste, but flavor is something that has all, all the senses. The touch of your tongue, the crunchiness. 
informs that. First, obviously, is taste, and there's like the the different tastes that you have, but then smell is a big thing. I always knew that as well. Mm-hmm. But then the taste, uh, the touch of it, the hearing of it, um, all adds up to just how you enjoy what you're eating. Uh, the book is really, really good. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's tell people who who worked on this book. All right. Let me get to the first page. <laughs> Let's uh, give some props here. It uh, is done by... I googled it. It's Joseph Keating is the writer. And the artist is Wook Jing Clark. Colorist is Tamara Bonvillain. She's my favorite. <laughs> I love her last name. <laughs> Bonvillain. And the letterer is Ariana Mayer. There and, you go. And their... Uh, Bonvillain. Does it say who their uh, chef person is? Their chef person? Yeah, their person. Oh, that, their uh, consultant, yeah. Ali Bazari. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's smart. Like, if you're going to be writing a book about the culinary experience, like, it's very smart to have a... A, a real, consultant, yes. yeah, for sure. I like that. I like a that. real culinary, and they're giving there. them props for it too. You could very easily just leave them out of, out of the, the you know, credits and credits, everything. Yeah. yeah, like we consult with you, but yeah. we're the writers and yeah. artists, and we're doing this, right? Um. So yes, yeah, so that's just that's one of them that I just really feel need to be talked about. Uh, really it sounds up. interesting. Like I said, I when I first picked up the first one. It was random. I was like, but part of it was I've never tasted this type of comic, so I wanted to see what it would be like. And Ah, I see. To be honest, though, it was uh, mainly just a lark. And yeah. Sometimes those are the best. Those yeah, the sometimes best. like you just look at the... Sometimes you judge by a cover. Sometimes you, you judge by the idea, the concept, and you think right. that's so unique. Why not try it? I think the whole judge a book by its cover thing is crazy when it comes to comic books. I think you should be fully allowed to judge a comic book by its cover because... No, because you have different artists that work do. on covers, and sometimes the covers have nothing to do with it's what's true, inside the comic. but normally with the number ones of things, it's the team, right? Because you want to sell yeah, the team. Yeah, that's true. So if you're picking up a number one based on its cover, I think it's very important that for an artist especially to put... Put it out there on Front Street. Yeah, but sometimes, I mean, you could have Alex Ross doing covers for multiple different things. Fuck, I would read anything Alex Ross was like, yeah, I'll do a cover for that. No, what if he didn't know, though? And and then then you read the the book. Alex Ross knows. I mean, that's that's a bad example. I haven't really (laughs) seen something he's attached himself to. He's not going to attach himself to something he's not fully behind. And he uh, has integrity that I can get behind. (laughs) Um... The last one I want to talk about, Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock, number two, titled The Rough Side of Rock. Uh, if I could find the title page here, I don't know who did this one. Uh, we'll just leave that be. Know <laughs> all of it. Uh, cover art, uh, story in art by Jay Fosgett. Um, he actually didn't do the colors, though. Juana uh, Lafuente did the colors. Um, but Jay, friend of ours, and... I was looking forward to this issue. I know how much of a Jim Henson fan he is. Uh, I wouldn't even... I would go past to say fan. I wouldn't even say he's a fan. I would say that he's fully ingratiated himself into that 
Well, he's got his letter that he wrote yeah. to them in the the museum of it. Like yeah. that's badass. Like he's he's more than a fan. Well, he has his Bodhi Troll doll that is yep. of uh, Muppet quality yep. uh, and everything. Yeah, he loves Jim Henson and all their properties. More so than me, and I love the properties too. And Fraggle Rock was always one of those fun shows. John and Fraggle Rock. Yeah, you can't not do that when anybody does that. <laughs> this one uh, was, I loved it for multiple reasons, but it had a little bit of everything that was Fraggle Rock. Even so much, this first scene where he has them all talking about, and I love the name of it, the Splish Splash friend bash mm. try to say that and they say it multiple times in this so when you say it like a splish splash friend bash like it's splish, a tongue splash friend bash the tongue twister yeah. you have to take your time on that yeah but in the background you have one of the fraggles eating the dozers uh, construction there because <laughs> that's what they do didn't need to draw that in but that is an essential part that always made the fraggles and their and the dozers dynamic really weird yeah but awesome and i always felt bad for the little guys the dozers? Yeah. They build, and then the fraggles just eat their constructions. <laughs> the fraggles are the heroes of this story. But the dozers are side characters, and... <laughs> it's like a total... Heroes or whatever. I it's mean, like a total really... commentary on, like, you know, urban development. I was gonna say, yeah, because, like, <laughs> the real only bad guys are the gorgs, and yeah. they're just kind of bullies, and... I mean, then they even... So, within the first issue, uh, it was nice. It, was, it had the spirit of Fraggle Rock. But this had, I felt, a little bit of everything Fraggle Rock. Because they even talk about the trash heap and how, you know, kind of had the mystical sense of things. You know, explains the gorgs, even though it doesn't go to it. But the the first and foremost, what I love is they have uh, Uncle Matt, who, do you remember uh, any of, do you remember the show? There, it's not fully, no. Okay, well, you know, they lived underneath the, it wasn't a shop, but in the ground off the, the yeah. coast and everything, and there wasn't a lot of interaction with the real world except for the dog and the mm -hmm. old man there, yeah. but they had uh, Uncle Matt, who was always traveling, who they'd sometimes then have him out in the world uh, exploring some of the other human areas, and so he he writes a postcard talking about finding uh, half-sized uh, humans because mm. he's on a playground. And he's talking about how he feels like he was going to be uh, included, but then the most unpleasant thing happened. Someone bopped him on the head and called him it. And now I feel sad because he was called a name, and then when he thought that they would come, like other people would come and be nice to him, he they ran all away. ran away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's brilliant. And, and I remember then... This is something that not a lot of people, because it was only randomly in a couple different episodes. I do now of that him you talk about it. Being I out totally there. recall it, yeah. But I'm like, holy crap! He Jay thought of throwing this even in there yeah. as a side story to this main story, which made it great. And then there, you know, it was nice because then this other girl came up and then took his hand and made her it. And then they, you know, they all were able to play nice together. Aww. And it was, you know, a cute little uh, thing, but it was so funny. I was like, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna run away, and <laughs> sure enough, it happened. Um, but yeah, you, uh, another great thing with this, because uh, I don't want to explain exactly everything that happened. You should read it. Support. 
J. <laughs> Not only poor J, but be having such an amazing. Uh, he has such an amazing talent in how he draws, and it fits perfectly well within this. Him right now, he's doing this Hanna Barbera um, month uh, sketch a day thing. Holy shit, yeah. his work right up there with Hanna Barbera. I mean. It'd be one thing, and it's not criticism, but his artwork wouldn't work great in a DC Marvel no, he's, setting. He's, he's more he's a, he's definitely of the Scotty Young camp. Yeah, and, and I don't want to say cartoony in a bad way, but it's it it's different, and that's good. I fucking love this shit, and it fits, and it can be dark. Look at Scotty Young, and I hate Fairyland, right? Mm-hmm. That's a fucking dark fucking book, but the the animation is light. It's light animation. Yes. And not light as in animation light. Like, it's uh, it's stylized towards, I would say, originating from a younger crowd. Yeah, and it, well, even then, I appreciate it, but I, I know what you're saying, though. It well, then, he, he's done, yeah. I mean, he's, he's worked, <laughs> I mean, he has his own uh, book with right. Body Troll, but then also My Little Pony, too, which yep. I guess would be... Unless you're a that's where the Romy or whatever. Well, that's where the money's at. Yeah. Fucking My Little Pony. <laughs> now, I love, though, that... Okay, I've been drawn into a comic book before. Now, granted, I've been drawn into a comic book before in just a panel. I've been drawn um, into a comic yeah. book before, too. It's nice when you know comic book people and you get drawn into things, but you're only usually in there for a scene. Yeah. There's you're plenty like of background people. characters yeah. or something. Yeah. It's always great. It's kind of like fun for you. You can point it out to friends. But very little do you actually become a true right. character. Unless you pay for it on a Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I love about this issue is Jay had approval from Boom and Jim Henson to take four of his friends to be four real life fraggles in this world which if they come back or not cool but these four are kind of bullies and they're they're drawn just so well that if you know these people in real life and you see these fraggles you 100% will know exactly who they are yeah now granted i i knew i was already going to be reading this anyways because of jay i had had it a briefly spoiled because my friends then were posting, oh my God, I was a fraggle. Yeah. Had I not even known that, I would have looked at it and go, holy shit. It's them. That's Travis, Kelly, Casey, and then Rich Bloom. Like, and the funny thing is, Rich was the only one on social media that I didn't see that I'm like, I just know that that's Rich. And so I love that. I know three of the names you can almost tell. Travis is Fragus. Uh, Casey is Casey. Uh, Rich Bloom is Bloom, so that, that's simple. Uh, Kelly is Bebop, and I'm, I do need to ask Jay the reason behind that, you know, something maybe she loves. That's a good question, and it's sort in our memory banks for yeah. when we see him next. We'll forget that. But they are kind of, like they said, they are bullies, and when they're going about bullying, the main fraggle cast that they interact with think that they are, you know, because these, these people were deep far away they don't live in fraggle rock these are fraggles mm. of another area so they kind of are are like well screw these people i don't know these people they they've never come to us before but now they're trying to open up for this splish splash friend bash and have all fraggles come about and just the the small things that happen within it uh casey's the one that's starting to kind of come around of kind of feeling bad 
because you know they're you know they're trying to these people seem to be nice and they're like but why they've never cared for us before and blah 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 and everything and um they finally come to the um they're heading straight towards the main fraggle rock then to go to this bash and they're going to do some things one of the scenes that i love the most was the dozers then were uh setting up a not a trap but a delay to have them not come during the the festival so they set this giant tower and as has always been established fraggles love eating the dozer constructions and they're like yeah there's no way that they can uh you know bypass this well bloom has been carrying the shovel for forever they come up above this like thing and they're like what is this i don't know but hungry for flowers but not dumb dozer sticks so they just dig underneath this cage and get on out the other end and then it's just a scene of dozers just looking and then like just sad they're like they they didn't even nibble our construction you know after all the work we put in you know it's our purpose what is our glorious purpose now and then they're like they truly are bullies like again jay nailed it with even this small sidestep of the story to show even the dozer relationship that's funny. It there's some other hijinks that happen. Um, Bebop throwing uh, stuff at Red, and then her afterwards saying, "Wow, that's a good arm. I want you on, you know, baseball team and and everything." Like they're taking every bad thing that they're doing and making it good. And to the end, where you know, friendship is magic, and <laughs> it you know heals all wounds and everything. It 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 really was very special and i i really loved this book and yeah. i don't know if i'm i'm gonna be able nothing's gonna be able to top that jay is the king yeah of this and i'd love to see more of his adventures for sure however there was also two other i think cameos uh as we said being drawn as background characters and i'm almost positive because he draws uh jason clark yes but jay and aaron in the background yeah. Getting hugs from, from Wembley, uh, for sure. And, yeah. There's no way that that's not. Like, the hat gives it away. He, he, and, and, <laughs> the hat and the bangs. Yeah, I mean... He... <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's that. Very cute. And it just shows the the love that the this community has for each other, right? Mm-hmm. You build such strong relationships with each other in this community and uh he was there's no way Jay was thinking about like this is going to be good for my friends or there's no way the people who were drawn in the comic book were like, "Oh, this is going to make my career better." This is just simply out of love for each other. So I think that's really sweet. What's it too? And some people can look at, you know, those type of stories as, oh, this feels a little shoehorned or, you know, always coming together. But that's, that's Fraggle Rock. It is Fraggle Rock, yeah. I mean, you're not really looking at Fraggle Rock for something that wouldn't be that. Right. That is just... Essentially, Fraggle Rock was a children's show. So... of course. Almost everything depends yeah. on his children, <laughs> except for Dark Crystal, which is very adult. I would say that's adult. even... That's still a child's movie. No, it's not. It's so scary. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, we have a little bit of news, but a lot of the news this, like that I've found 
is Luke Cage this, Luke Cage that, or Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom this, which, yeah. A, I'm only about halfway through Luke Cage, loving it so far. I'm one episode through Luke Cage, so we're not going to talk about it. No, no, I just want to <laughs> say I'm loving it, and it is, it's, I feel definitely progressed since the first season, right. um, a lot more fleshed out, and I really, I really enjoy it. I... Really, 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 really liked the first season of Luke Cage. Not um, just for the story, but the cultural aspects of the show and the way they tied the music in and the literature and stuff like that. And the villain in that fucking show, uh, Copperhead, is that who it was? Yeah. Fucking amazing. Best villain ever. I loved him. That actor is, mm. but, and then he died. <laughs> and I was very sad. So I'm gonna have a hard time. But the so Bushmaster, interesting choice for a villain. Spoilers. Bushmaster is the villain of this season. He it's in episode one, so you're, I'm not spoiling anything. Um, interesting choice, I think. It wasn't. I mean, he comes the from the and there was a couple different. So this is Bushmasters. the second Bushmaster, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the I, one that's. I actually had to look up because I was like, "Is this his powers? What's going on?" Because it seems like it. What's going on here is he has a bit of mysticism. It also looks like it might be drug. I'm thinking it might be part of the same thing that made Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage. and that's what the second the second Bushmaster in the comics. That's how he was created. Was the same mm-hmm. way that Power Man was created. And that's where like so I I don't want to look up I know stuff <laughs> this week because spoilers yeah yeah but did find a few cool tidbits to go off of. Um... One of the things we all know, Fantastic Four is finally coming back. Yay! Said everyone in the world, because they're looking forward to this. Um, but something that I've never thought of... Except for Connor, who said today, does anybody read the Fantastic Four oh, anymore? fuck your son. <laughs> Don't fuck my son. <laughs> Unless you're a girl his age. Unless he likes okay boys. I don't think, oh, undetermined. He's 15. You never know what can happen. But Regardless, instead of turning this into a dark show, uh, Franklin and Val have never truly had a nickname, superhero no, code names. No, just been the kids. Yeah. yeah. And having seen them grow up uh, in the comics and everything, when Fantastic Four debuts, actually in issue number two, coming out in September, uh, they are finally going to get some code names. That's kind of cool, and it's something like I said I've never really It'll thought of. It'll be interesting of. to see what they what uh, what they are. Well, they're going to be part of the team now, which is going to be weird. How do you call it Fantastic Four when you have Fantastic Six people? Is it just going to be the parents and the kids? Are the other two coming back to the team? I would hope so. I mean, you'd have to have them all reunited to okay. be Fantastic sure. Four. You have the whole family coming back. It's Fantastic Four plus two. Unless maybe it's, it's just them, and they do keep Reed and Sue out there making multiverses. It's it's going to be a big thing, and I'm very looking forward to how they resolve it, because oh, maybe, I guess, Infinity Stone... Fuck, maybe that's how they're going to do it. Infinity Countdown's going on right now. There's, yeah. That is very much a thing that can happen. I mean, Infinity Stones can do anything. That's very true. Kind of like mash up people. Um, I'm... <laughs> Coming out of the Infinity Countdown, which actually has been good. It's been a lot different than any other Infinity War type uh, books and and everything that has involved the stones. 
and God, I, I can't remember. Now I'm actually calling them stones. I used to always just yeah. say they're gems, gems, and I used to always just say they are gonna always be called gems by me. But nope, now you call them stones all the time. Yeah, yeah. But there's gonna be uh, multiple mini series. Uh, the first two that are announced uh, from the Infinity Warps uh, line. Sounds like a very short thing from Mad Magazine, Infinity Warps. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, one of their, like, we're mocking yeah. Marvel. Yeah, and what that's what it sounds like. <laughs> so these are going to be mashup worlds. Uh, I love to see the day where other characters come together, mashup. I love all the DC and Hanna-Barbera stuff crossing yeah. over. Anything like that is just always fun. Sure. You always know that not a lot of times it's canon either. These obviously aren't going to be canon because the first one is Soldier Supreme, where we see Captain America being the uh, Doctor Supreme, or no, Sorcerer Supreme. There you go. <laughs> He's the Doctor Supreme. Yeah. He's the best doctor in the world. <laughs> Army medic ever. <laughs> and then we have uh, Iron Hammer, which obviously is going to be Iron Man and, and Thor. Right. Uh... Which would be Cross of Steel, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything more about these except for the concept art and the covers of them. But I'm very intrigued because I want to, I know that there's probably going to be more crisscrossed people. Yeah. So the cat, the the Soldier Supreme one, I 100 100% fully get because that's going to be Captain America as Soldier Supreme. The Iron Hammer one is that going to be? Thor in an Iron Man armor, or is it going to be Iron Man with the hammer? Oh yeah, I guess I didn't really. That think could of that. that one could go either way, and I'm assuming they're going to do Iron Man with the hammer. Yeah, cause say which I don't know. buy. Tony is never yeah. going to be able to hold that fucking hammer. He is not worthy. <laughs> well, maybe he creates his own hammer. Maybe, maybe that one I have a little harder time buying. <laughs> <laughs> but. I mean, you know, that one I'll be interested in seeing what which way they go. And those are the first two right now. I'm hoping that there's going to be more now. That'd be cool. Even breeding them, seeing, you know, so-and-so mashed up with so-and-so, which something I used to, every kid would think of that. Like, whose sure. two powers you combine yeah. and what what do you call them and everything. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so we've known for a while that there's Obi-Wan spinoff movie being talked about mm -hmm. within the Star Wars universe. Well, now even more rumors of saying that it might not hit the big screen. Might go to their new streaming service. Oh. That could be huge. Disney's new streaming service? Yes. Or Hulu. Disney's. They're going to own both of those. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. But yes. Or maybe they're just saying all these rumors, not knowing full well that they are getting... Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Solo, especially with Solo not doing... As well as they had hoped. Well, which part is of it though is because of how much it costs yeah. and having all the re like remaking two movies pretty much. Yeah, is part of the reason why it's not a success. If they had a less budget, they'd be like, "Oh, we're making money still, right. even if it's not as many Marvel bucks as they wanted." This, however, I I think a lot of people more would pay to see this movie, but then it's good where they're like, "We can make a badass movie and just put it on our streaming service and." So many people are going to sign up for a streaming service, and then once they got you, 
because uh, what's ten like for us, we have it. I think a pretty average amount going to the movies. I think it's eleven fifty or whatever. Yeah. So if they put their streaming service, which most of them are ten, even twelve dollars ish, so you paid to go see that movie. Maybe they lose out on more ticket sales, but you have all these people sign up to watch it, and then you're hooked, and right. then you forget to cancel that next yeah, month, that's... and then three months later, you're like, oh, shit, there's this other thing I want to watch, Yeah, and yeah. that's how they get you. That is how they get you. They offer you the free cocaine, and <laughs> wait till you order meth, <laughs> I think. I don't think anybody goes from cocaine to meth. <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a natural transition. <laughs> I think it's painkillers to meth is the is the transition. <laughs> Actually, now that you say it, I think that is truly what I've heard, but I, I would That's really... besides the point. That's not what we're talking about in this podcast at all. No. Uh, DC is bringing back large comic books. Giant, I would even say. Giant size. Yes. Which, wasn't that a Marvel, Marvel thing? thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, they're, they're bringing back 100-page comic books uh, this summer, and... Magazine style. I would I would even go as far as to say magazine style comic books. What? Magazines aren't 100... Are they? Yeah. 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 I guess magazines are. Well, and this is going to be... Uh, multiple different stories within a book. It's not going to... You're not getting a 100-page story, basically. You're getting multiple stories, one of them being a new story, with the rest of them probably being old stories. Yeah, that's how... Yeah, usually... Sometimes this is where they can easily retcon some things, yeah. take some panels and redo them to yep. reinvigorate the now stories. Yes. But they're going to be priced at four ninety nine. And who are they doing this with? Walmart. And that's kind of one of those things of you, regardless of your thoughts on that company, regardless, this is a move that hurts brick and mortar comic book stores. Yeah. Because when you do exclusivity at right. somewhere else besides allowing people to go to the comic book stores to pick up things, it pulls them away from the comic book store. That's true. Now, granted, it's only these things, but this is probably something that they're going to people might want, especially if they're getting into comics. Four ninety nine is average comic book it's price It's a really right good deal for a 100-page comic. Yeah. Now, I would say that they can get away with doing that price because they are reusing a lot of old stories and they're only paying for the new stuff that's coming out, right? So you, they're, the, the point is, is you're getting a new story written by people like Tom King and you're getting a bunch of back stuff. So four ninety nine makes sense. If they were making me pay ten dollars for a hundred page comic that had mostly old stories in it, I would not do that. Oh yeah. So four ninety nine is smart for them if they want people to hop on board to go into a Walmart, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but I think maybe they're trying to expand their market a little bit. I don't really understand the move but we'll see i don't think it's gonna work these exclusive deals usually never uh work out for them well i mean sometimes it depends where the exclusivity is i mean sometimes and we're ramping up to san diego comic-con some of their exclusive things oh their toys and stuff are badass yeah there's a there's a um gene gray toy 
not toy, statue that's coming out that um, I want it so bad. And it's an SDCC exclusive, so I'm going to have to... I just, I really... Give somebody some money to get that for me. I really, I've never thought I needed an Aquaman Lego <laughs> thing in my life. But just seeing him with this... His little seahorse? Yeah. It's so cute and awesome. I'm like, wow, I, I really want that now. I, I need to go to San Diego. We know people going to San Diego. No, I need to give them oh, some money. Oh, yes. Get those fraggles some money. <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's kind of what I have right now. I don't think there was anything else that happened this week. No, no. There's a little thing that happened. Really, a little tiny thing. So we've been talking about this whole Disney Fox merger, will they, won't they thing for a while, <laughs> right? She's getting bed already. <laughs> it's like the soap opera of this year. Um, originally Disney offered. Uh, $52.4 billion to Fox in that stock. so much. It's a lot. In stock. It was all in stock. To buy Fox. Comcast, and the the original agreement was um, when they made this deal with Disney to accept this offer, that they would still be allowed to be open to new offers. And they would be able to consider these offers until the deal was finalized. And the and by the deal being finalized means when Disney owns Fox. That's when the deal is finalized. Up until then, Fox can change their mind. Um, so Comcast came out with a $65 billion cash offer for Fox. So there was a lot of consideration there. The issue being that Comcast and Fox are so similar that they're going to have a really hard time getting that approved mm -hmm. by the government. Because in America, we don't like monopolies. <laughs> but Ish, do we? Because we, yeah. we kind of let them happen. We do. We do. But this, I think Comcast and Fox would have a lot harder of a time because they are so similar yeah. of companies. Um, so then Disney came back with a second offer, which was $71.3 billion with, uh, thirty-five point six now being in stock and the rest being in cash, and they're gonna take on thirteen point eight billion dollars in debt from Fox. Wow. Yeah, which is a lot. That is a lot of debt. Look at all <laughs> this. Like this is ginormous. Mm -hmm. It's a huge deal. It's, it's a huge deal. Probably one of the biggest deals that will. I don't see one this big happening. No. Ever again. It's. Well, it's a huge catalog, and it most is. everyone in the comic book industry just thinks superhero films. Yeah. Oh, Mar Marvel is going to finally get X-Men back. Yeah. That is not this what this whole thing is the about. This Simpsons. Like, that was actually one of the bigger properties that Disney was eyeing, was the Simpsons. Because even if they make, don't ever make another Simpsons cartoon ever again, that franchise will keep giving you money for the rest of your life. Yeah, it will pay for itself. <laughs> it will. It will. So Fox accepted the offer. So they didn't go with Comcast. They went with Disney. Um, but then doesn't this mean, though, that they can... Like... They still have that written into the deal where they can still take additional offers and consider them until the deal is finalized. So this is not in by any means over. I can't imagine Comcast coming back with a bigger deal. Taking on the debt is the huge biggest thing. Most companies will mm -hmm. not take on the debt. Um, 
So I, I did a little research on this topic just to make you listeners informed about what's going on with this. Because it is a lot, I think, for us, it is them getting X-Men in the Fantastic Four, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is the biggest thing. And that's they would get those things. They're getting all of 20th Century Fox, which includes The Simpsons, which includes Family Guy, which includes anything that Fox has ever made. Not just the stuff that they put on their own channels, but shows like Modern Family and um, what's that one that everybody loves? This, this Is Us or... Yeah, is that, love the, that one. Yeah, that's those are both Fox produced shows that are aired on other stations. Plus, think of the future shows that won't get canceled shittily by Fox right. X. Right, because they're trying to make room for Thursday Night Football. Yeah. <laughs> so this deal includes 20th Century or 21st Century Fox, um, and all of the cable networks, which includes FX and National Geographic, which I did not know that Fox owned but they own National Geographic. Um, all of the regional sports networks and, and then um, foreign interests like Star India and Sky, which is the BBC's only competitor. Most English television is BBC, which is government regulated. The only other production company that puts stuff out on television is Sky. And um, Fox owns a decent amount of that. Um, and they would get another 30% stake in Hulu, which Disney already owns 30% of. So they would then have a 60%, 60%. stake in, in Hulu. Um, and in addition to this deal... Wait, there's more? <laughs> Disney has... When they first made this offer, Disney said that they would divest uh, $500 million in assets, Fox assets, in order to make regulators happy. And they've now increased that to $1 billion in assets, uh, including most likely Fox Sports, because Disney owns ESPN. And those two, that would entirely be a monopoly. If you take Fox Sports and ESPN, and you have both of those things, mm -hmm. there's nothing else. So um, Fox would still own Fox News, because nobody wants that. <laughs> Except Rupert Murdoch. Um, the Fox Business Network, Fox Broadcasting, which means the local channels. So, like, our local Fox and stuff would still be owned by Fox. And then Fox uh, Sports 1 and 2, which are, like, the local Fox Sports channels. Okay. So, and all of their newspapers that they own all around the world, including, I think, the New York Times. Yeah. So, uh that would that would be spun off into a separate entity, and which will probably still be called Fox, and then uh, Disney would get everything else. Oh, everything else. So it's a huge deal. It's a huge fucking deal. Well, one of the things I was thinking of with how much this is, and wondering if like Lucas now after seeing how the Star Wars and everything, like, damn man, I only sold for like four billion, and should have <laughs> held out for. That Fox man is still making money. He still owns. I know he still has his royalties yes. and everything. He still has his royalties. He still owns uh, the studio where they do all the editing and the sound mixing and stuff like that. Well, so I can only just imagine Marvel execs though, guys. We just put in a bigger offer. You now have to write four more Avengers movies. <laughs> <laughs> now this still has to be approved by the shareholders of Disney and Fox. I think. I think. 
on both ends. They're both publicly traded companies. Yeah, but I think Murdoch owns a majority, so I think he can... Right, and there's all kinds of caveats they're trying to write in this, like Rupert wants uh, his sons to go along and head up, like, be under, who is it, Roger Iger, I think is the guy who... Uh, runs Disney right now. They want him to take one of his sons on as being like a deputy director and stuff like that to set him up to be. Because Roger Iger has um, said that he was supposed to retire like a year ago, and he keeps extending his <laughs> uh, his stay there. And if this deal goes through, his contract is extended until twenty twenty one. So make sure it's all goes yeah, smoothly. Yeah. So they're trying to set this Murdoch kid up to taking over for him. I know, I know, yeah. So we'll 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 see how that goes. But I can't imagine a shareholder for Disney being like okay with that. But yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Two very different companies. Yeah, very, very, very different. Well, that is though the strange tale. Yeah, it's business is complicated. What's <laughs> also going to be funny then is if Simpson World at Universal. Yes. And it will be still allowed to be there. For their agreement, so another property that won't... Which I would never see them doing Simpsons that any Mar... Or Magic Kingdom or anything no. anyways. That's... It's... Yeah, Simpsons... I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons for a very long time when I was younger because it was so... It it just walks right up to the line. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't usually cross it, but it walks right up to it. It used to, to be... Over the line until yeah. South Park came along, or Family Guy, and then South Park, and then it was like, no, I guess we yeah. can say Simpsons is a bit tame. Yeah, yeah. For nowadays crowd, it's definitely way more tame, but when we were children, it was like, my parents did not enjoy that show. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. All right, uh, booze in a book this week is Tank Girl All Stars, number one of four. It's my girl. Um, this is an uh, anthology uh, book. It's her 30th different stories. birthday. Yes, she is. And she's celebrating her birthday, too. Woo! And uh, pairing this, which will sound kind of bad, with the Seagram's Escape Wild Berries. <laughs> now, this isn't something that I feel she would drink. However, if offered to her, she'd say, fuck it, why not, and pound them down yeah. until she got drunk. Kind of like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> And since you brought a variety of <laughs> <I did. laughs> different wine coolers, she would have her fill. And it like fits in, because this is an anthology. It's being written by and drawn by multiple people. Yes. Yeah, so, All kinds of flavors. So pick that up. I'd not recommend this. Just well, pound him. Just pound him until you projectile vomit all over the person that uh, you hated in high school. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to These aren't bad. They're just not getting me drunk like I want them no. to. So I guess there's some people out there that aren't. Alcoholics that don't need to get drunk. Instead, you should be drinking Sparkleberry from Bell's, which is nine percent alcohol. Apparently, give me that one. (laughs) It's mine. (laughs) I take back your happy birthday. I said at the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Well, with that, uh, stay thirsty for Seagrams. Not. I always think of Wayne's World when I say not. (laughs) That's straight from the 90s.